0: Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Last Sunday, I started the first part of the teaching called God's Portrait of a Christian Family. I will read the scripture again. I love this teaching very much because it really touched my heart. And as I read the sermon, I was repenting and repenting. And I say I need to change and I need to follow what the Bible says so that I can build a godly home as a father. In Psalms chapter 128 verses 1 to 6, I read the scripture and reveal what I thought last Sunday a little bit and go on. A song of essence. Blessed are all who fear the Lord. Who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. I like that. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. I like that all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem, and may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Father, we thank you so much for your promise and your principle in the Bible, your precept, your word, your truth. We believe, Lord, your truth will set us free. Your truth will build up the family in this house and all over the world. Father, please send your Holy Spirit to speak to the heart of your people. Please, Lord, open our spiritual eyes to understand the truth of heaven so that we can walk in the light of your word and we can see the result. We can see prosperity, blessings, and victory in each family and in the church and community. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Last Sunday, I mentioned that the issue of family is critical in America. You can see that there are so many social problems in America right now. Young teenagers got into trouble. Many problems happened in school. And if you look back to the root of the problem, is the breaking down of the family. Many single parents, more than 50% of people in America got divorced. Many children grew up without knowing their dad without understanding about having parents together, husband and wife or mom and dad. Last Sunday, we learned from verses 1 and 2. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in His ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. This is the promise of God for every man on earth here, talking about the dad or the husband. That the Christian family must begin with the personal relationship with God. God is the center. We are like the planet that go around the sun. God is the sun. And the planet have to be at the right or correct distance from the sun and run around or circle around the sun at the right distance. If the planet can do that, Life will be on the planet. The same thing if we focus on God, if God is the center of our life, if we take God seriously, we fear God, which means we stand in awe before the Lord. And we also hate sin and love righteousness. The word the fear of the Lord means we love what God loves and we hate what God hates. God doesn't hate sinners, God hates sin. So, as God hates hates sin, we hate sin too. We don't want to sin against God. We want to do the right thing before the eyes of the Lord. And the Bible promises that if the man or the husband and the whole family do that, God will bless the work of their hands. And God will give them prosperity and blessing. God will give them fortune, future, and long life. And the whole family will be blessed. That is the choice. I made that choice 30 years ago after I became a Christian. And I see it with my own eyes. I and Pastor that experience the prosperity and blessing and all the good things that God has given to us because we are the family that fear the Lord. Now look at verse 3. I mentioned a little bit last Sunday, and we continue today. Verse 3, the Bible says, Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants all around your table. It's interesting. Verses 1 to 2 talk in general about those who fear the Lord. Then verse 3 talk about your wife. So it means that God wants to emphasize the men, the head of the household, the husband and the father. Because verse 3 he say, your wife, by the way, not somebody else's wife, your wife. God talk to the men. When God deal with any institution, God gonna deal with the head first. God gonna deal with the man first. God will deal with me in this church before you, because if I corrupt, if I am goofy, the whole church gonna suffer. If any time the king of Israel did something wrong, the whole nation suffer. If a dad or a father sin against God or live a life of Lacking of the fear of God. It will spread into the whole family and the whole family will suffer. So God deal with the father or the, ma- uh, or the men in the house. It doesn't mean that God will not deal with women. He will deal with women too. And he will correct women as well. He deal with the children too. But the first thing he deal with, he's going to talk to the man. I remember one of the f- sentences I learned about revival is that revival must start from the pastor. Revival must start from the husband. Revival must start from the head of the household. Otherwise, the whole household will suffer. So God deals with the man. And that's why Satan loves to get rid of men from the house. Satan is expert in taking the man out of the house. The man will goof off and follow another woman and walk out of marriage. Satan is expert in in making men to be baby makers but not children lover, a father, and a husband. Just make baby and leave and bye-bye, and the woman will be a single mom for the rest of her life. That is from hell, from satanic attack of the family. God said, if you are the man of God, you fear God, you love God, then the family shall be blessed. And what happened? The Bible said that your wife shall be a fruitful vine. God gives two imaginaries here, two symbols. Number one, he talk about vine, V-I-N-E, and he talk about olive shoot or olive plant. Let's look at the vine first. If the man of God or the husband is right with God, have the right relationship with God, fear God, choose God first in his life, what can happen to the wife? There are three characteristics of vine. Number one, a great vine always clings. Vine will grow and attach to the wall or the pole or the wooden frame and keep attaching and clinging to the pole or the wall. So, the husband has the responsibility to be a very stable wall for the wife to wrap her branches around the husband. If the husband is like roller coaster up and down, one day good mood, another day bad mood, the wife going to suffer because it's so shaken and the vine cannot cling to the wall or to the pole. And the vine cannot grow. So the husband must be a very stable wall or stable pole that plant itself into the rock that is the word of God. Amen? So the vine can cling to the wall or to husband. And then the Families shall be happy because they have very good relationship, have oneness or unity together. Then the vine does not only cling, but the vine also climbs. The vine climbs up the pole and the wall. What does it mean climbs? If the vine is healthy enough, it will climb up. It means the vine will grow. The vine will develop the strength, the faith, the love, the ministry. She will flourish. She will be strong. She will keep growing and growing in the way of the Lord. If the wall is unstable, the wife cannot grow and the wife will suffer. Amen? So, husband, let your wife cling to you. That's why the Bible says, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. And the wife will keep growing in her ability in her anointing, in her faith, in her relationship with God, in her maturity. The problem sometimes is that the husband is not around enough to let the wife cling to him. After I read this sermon, I repented and I told my wife that we need to make an appointment so that we can go out and have dinner at least twice a month together, just date together twice a month. I repent of my sin. I'm too busy with my work. And I don't have time for my wife enough. So I repented. And I said, I'm going to have dinner with with my wife maybe twice a month. Go out and just eat and relax. I and my wife love sushi and sashimi. So we're going to go eat (laughs) some Japanese food. Amen. Hallelujah. Together. Not only the wine clings and the wine climbs, if the wine is healthy, the wine will cluster. What does it mean, cluster? The wine will start to produce the grapes. The grapes will come out a lot from the vine. And if you keep the grape wrong enough, it will become wine. W-I-N-E wine. And what happens when the husband drinks the wine? The husband will get intoxicated. The husband will get staggering. I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm talking about her love. When the husband is so strong, so godly, the wife will grow and begin to produce the grape and the wine. And the husband will be so intoxicated by her love, by her godliness, by her beauty, by her being such a godly woman. And the husband will be happy. The husband will be fulfilled and Happy man. Happy wife. Happy life. Amen. How many people want to be a fulfilled man? If you are not fulfilled, don't blame your wife. Because you are the one who are not right with God. You are not strong enough for the wife to cling to you, to climb on you, and to produce grapes and wine for you. But if you are a godly man, your wife going to start to produce grapes. Amen. And then you will be a good support for your wife to grow in her ability. She will flourish. She will be fruitful. Your job husband is to help the vine to cling so that she can climb and she can cluster. Amen. You cannot expect a summer vine if you come home and bring the winter weather. You cannot grow a vineyard if You come home and bring the snow and hail. You need to bring the spring and summer atmosphere into your home. Therefore, what we learn from this scripture is that it's very important for the husband to build up and create the right atmosphere for the wife to grow. It's your responsibility, husband. Don't blame God. Don't blame other people. Your primary responsibility is to help your wife to grow. By making the right atmosphere for the wife to cling, to climb, and to cluster. Amen? i give you one example how to do that. And I repent of my sin as well. Sometimes I'm ignorant. If you want to build that atmosphere, you need to be loving and you need to be serving. Yes, I know you work all day. It's a very hard job to go out and work. and Like me as a doctor, I work very hard each day. Come home very tired. And I think that I finished with my job. No, I have a second job. The second job at home is to serve my wife. I need to outserve her. So I need to ask her, what can I do for you? And she may say, take the back luggage, uh, not the luggage, back, um, the garbage. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I travel so much, I'm talking about luggage. <laughs> <laughs> take the garbage out. So pass it loud, Take the back at uh, the, the the garbage out. <laughs> <laughs> this morning, I drove her car out to fill the gas, so that she doesn't have to worry about the gas in her car. Serve her, help her. Your job is still in the house. You cannot say my job is done after five p.m. You still have the job in your house after you come home. Amen. If you know how to cook, help her cook. I don't know how to cook. going to mess up if I try to help cooking. But you can help watch dishes. Amen. And you may say, Pastor, but I don't feel like doing it. I come home, I'm too tired. And I want to put my feet on the couch and watch TV. I don't feel like doing it. And she may say to you, I don't feel like doing something with you later on. Later. Either. So you should feel like doing it now so that you can be intoxicated with her love. Amen? So that is the wife, the vine. Now let's look at the children. If you are right with God, what happened? If you are the man of God, you fear God, you obey God, what happened to your children? Your children will become olive shoots, the small shoots of olive around your table. Olive, in Palestine, grow up in the rocky soil. Olive takes about 15 years to grow in order to produce oil. So, what it means, God gives very good analogy. It means that it's not easy to raise kids. It's rocky. It's challenging. And we need to nurture the kids. Keep nurturing the children. Until they change from olive shoots into the olive tree. And after they become olive tree, they produce oil for another 40 years. So our job as dad and mom is to nurture, to train our children in the way of the Lord. All these 18 years, 20 years, we spend time with them. And after they produce oil, the olive oil was used for many good things medicine, cooking, and massage. So they will become a blessing to you and to the society. Our children need nurturing. Don't push the responsibility of parenting to the pastor, to the Sunday school, to your teacher, to the teacher at school, or to the government. Your primary responsibility of parenting is yours. You don't push that responsibility to the church or to the Sunday school teacher. Some people say, I come to church, I just drop my kids, and then let the Sunday school teacher handle my kids. No. You still have the responsibility to teach, to train your children. Nurture them, raise them in the way of the Lord. Amen? Some ladies here, you may work outside your home. Remember this, you cannot love your career. You cannot think about climbing the corporate ladder. And then forget about your kids. You need to participate with your husband in raising and nurturing the kids. Amen? Sometimes the house is in trouble. When the man goes out to work, 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 long hours. And at the same time, the wife goes out and work, 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 and try to get more money. And the kids are watched by TV or by computer game. Proverbs 7, verse 11 say, She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. Don't be like this scripture. Rebellious woman who just want to be loud and want to go out and do her own thing. She will never stay home to help the kids to grow. We need to put priority right. Our children is our priority. Amen? Not our career, not our job. So we need to help each other, husband and wife, to develop our kids and help our kids to grow. When I say something like this, when I teach this truth, the question comes up, is it possible that we have done our best but our children still go astray and backslide and did not go to church? Yes, it's possible. That some of our children may walk away from God when they go to college. Because in the college, they teach about evolution. But don't worry about it. If you do the job right, you raise them in the fear of the Lord. There's something in them that the Holy Spirit can work in their heart later on in life, and they will come back to the church and come back to God one day. I've seen so many adults in my life who backslid, walk away from God, and one day God answer the powerful prayer of the mom and the dad, and they come back to church and serve God fully again. So don't be discouraged if your children walk away from God right now. Keep praying, keep being good example, being right with God, and the promise of God will be fulfilled. Amen. Let's build a family by number 1 having the commitment to God. Take God seriously. Amen. Number 2, build the atmosphere that the wife will climb and grow and cluster. Build atmosphere around the table. After I read this sermon, after I prepare the sermon, I plan to email all of my kids. I actually already talked to Brendan this morning when he walked in. I grew up in a non-Christian home, so I did not see a lot of good examples in my life because my dad and mom were not Christians. People who are second-generation Christians have advantage because they grow up seeing their godly parents. But I want to leave the legacy behind to my children I talked to Pastor Da that from now on we're going to have at least twice a month because Tani Daori already left home to have her own family. We're going to have dinner together. We don't need to cook. Just order from some restaurant and we can sit and eat and in the table we can talk about God together. It's a time that the olive shoots will grow around the dining table together. The dining time It's very important that we should sit down and eat together and talk about God and talk about life together. It's a good Sunday school for the parents to talk to your children around the table. That's what the Bible says. Is that right? The Bible says, and your children like olive plants all around your table. Amen? Number three. Number one, having a commitment to God. Number two, you need to build atmosphere that builds the children and the wife in the godly way. Psalm 128, verses 4 and 5. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord blessed you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. The third principle, God's portrait of the Christian family, is that a Christian family must be maintained, nurtured, revitalized, Revive, build up in the community of Christ's disciple. The man who fears the Lord shall be blessed. And God continued to say, "The Lord bless you from Zion." What is Zion? Zion is a geographical thing. It's a mountain close to Jerusalem. But for us, we don't live in Jerusalem. We live in America. What is our spiritual Zion? Let's look at the scripture. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 22 to 23, talk about spiritual Zion. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church, everyone say church, of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of the righteous men made perfect. The spiritual Zion for us today is the house of the living God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. One day we're going to be in the permanent, eternal Zion that is the new Jerusalem that God will establish on earth here. A lot of people believe in rapture. And they think that rapture means you go up and you disappear. No. Rapture means you go up to meet the Lord and you come down with him to establish the kingdom on earth for 1,000 years. And he will build New Jerusalem on earth here for 1,000 years. But today, we don't have a New Jerusalem yet. We have the church. The church is Zion. God said that you need to bring your whole family to Zion, to the church. I remember when I got saved in 1981. I just got married, only newly wedded. I woke up on Sunday. I got saved on Friday. I woke up on that Sunday. I said, Da, let's go to church. We're going to start to go to church from now on, and we will never miss the church unless I got called emergency to the hospital or my leg are hanging in the hospital because of the broken bone or something. Otherwise, we're going to go to church every Sunday. And that's my decision after we got Tanida baby at that time. Then we took her to church. Then Joy came along, we took them to church. Then Paul came along, we took them to church every single Sunday. Amen. Because my Christian family need to be maintained, need to be nurtured, need to be built up. In the community of Christ's disciple, we have uncle and auntie in the house of God that we can learn from one another. We have accountability. If I goof off as a husband, some other men in the church will come to pass along and say, ha, 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 stop being goofy. And other people in the church will be uncle and auntie to my children to help them to grow in the way of the Lord. It's so important to gather together every Sunday to worship the Lord together. Somebody say like this. If a family loves to pray together and worship God together, the family will stay for a long time until the end. If there is no God as a center in the family, the family can be broken down. So if you want to have a long-term family, you must be serious about leading your family in worship and to go to church and participate your life in the local church. I remember when I just first moved to America, I was working as an intern at University of Washington, Harborview Hospital, actually. And sometimes I was up all night, did not sleep because we have many, many surgery, many emergency operations. So I came home without sleeping. But still, I said, Da, we need to go to church. At that time, we went to church in Northgate area. And Tani Da would go with us, And sometimes I fell asleep in the church because I was so tired. But I need to sit there. I need to be in the presence of God. I need to receive the teaching of the Word of God. You need to wake up your children every Sunday. And if they say, I'm tired, you will say, I'm tired too. But we go together. Amen? And if you are tired, one day God spoke to me like this. It's interesting. You can wake up at 6 a.m. to go to work on time at 7 a.m., because you know that if you don't click the clock on time, your salary will be cut or you will be fired. You will be there. If the work starts at Boeing or Microsoft at 7 a.m., you will be there at 7 a.m. But interestingly, for many Christians, cannot make to church at 10 a.m. It's interesting. For work, for salary, for paycheck, they got to work on time, but when they come to God, they come late. There is something wrong. You need to honor the Lord. If you go to work on time, you should come to church on time. And you should honor the Lord. When you honor the Lord, the Lord will honor you. Amen? So you should take God seriously. And even you are very tired, the whole week long, working Monday to Saturday, you still have to go to church. Last Sunday, if you notice carefully, you you would see that I did not preach very well because I did not have enough sleep. I have only three hours sleep. So it's hard for me to think about English grandma because English is not my primary language. So I have to use a lot of energy to think how to say pronunciation. You have to think grandma all the time because it's not my language. But I still come because this is not my job. This is my life. I need to be in the church on Sunday. It's my life. Don't think that I'm a pastor, come to church as a job. No, it's not a job. This is my life. I need to worship the Lord. Amen? And if I can do that, the Lord will maintain my family. The Lord will do the training program for my family in the church. You come to church to get the training program. You come to church to be trained, to be built up, to grow up. When you come to church, you learn the word. You get into the Sunday school. You come into the presence of God. When you worship God together. Every Sunday when I come to church, I never come just think that, oh, we're going to have just nice chair, people sit there. I'm looking forward to the presence of God. And God will show up in the church. And when God show up, sickness disappear. When God show up, demon disappear. Depression disappear. Joy will come in. Wisdom will come in. Strength will come in. The favor of God will come along with the presence of God. The Bible says that God called Israel to observe the Sabbath. A lot of people misunderstand the word "sabbath." At that time, they use Saturday. And they think that, oh God worked six days already to create for the creation, so on the seventh day, God is too tired. God gave us the Sabbath. they call it the day of rest, but actually God was not tired after six days. If you have the presence of God, you're not tired easily. Amen? God is strong. He's a strong God. He's not a weak God. Why he set up the Sabbath? Because after he finished the six days of creation, now he said, let me have at least one day to enjoy my creation. The Sabbath is the day of enjoying the presence of God. Sunday is a celebration. Sunday is a day that we're going to come and enjoy our Creator. Sunday is a day that we're going to come and sing, listen to the Word, get drunk in the Holy Ghost, get lay hand on, and just being in the presence of God. Enjoy the presence of God. I never come to church and think that this is a job. I believe this is my rest. After Sunday, I get charged by the Holy Spirit. I get more power to go on Monday to Saturday again. It's a day of enjoying the Creator, and the Creator enjoys us. So Sunday should be the day of celebration. Amen? And as Christians, we learn from the Bible that the Sabbath day was moved from Saturday to Sunday. I show you the scripture. Why Sunday? Because we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ every Sunday. Jesus was raised from the death on the first day of the week. Acts chapter 20 verse 7, the Christians, the disciples in the early church, began to meet together on Sunday, not Saturday. Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul ready to the depart the next day, spoke to them, and continued his message until midnight. 1 Corinthians 16.2 On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. What it means is that you come to church on Sunday, rewrite a check beforehand, to give into the offering back. You I wrote my check before I came into the service. I get ready to give offering to the Lord on the first day of the week. Amen. If you say that, Pastor, Pastor Lau, but I cannot make it to Sunday. You should try to do it. You know why? The Bible says that if you fear the Lord, I make sure that you shall enjoy the fruit of your labor. And make sure that you shall be happy and prosperous. In other words, if you come to church on Sunday, He's going to take care of your business on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. He will take care of your business if you take care of His business on Sunday. If you enjoy God on Sunday, put Him first as your priority. He will take care of your work on Monday. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Number one, personally, you commit your life to God. You have the fear of God. You take God seriously and make right with God. Become a right man and a right woman. Number two, you make the atmosphere in the house to be the atmosphere that your wife will cling, climb, and cluster. And your children around your table will change from the olive shoots into the olive tree and eventually produce oil for 40 years or longer, all the days of their life. The last thing, verses 4 to 6, I read again. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. You may see your children's children. What it means here is that you're going to live a long life. Maybe at least 60, 70, 90, 120. Otherwise, you cannot see your grandchildren. Peace be upon Israel. Not only that, your children are going to get married. They will not be single. They're going to get married because God bless your family. Amen? The Bible says, peace or shalom will be in Israel. What does it mean here? If you do these three things, Commit to God. Take God seriously. Walk with God. Build the atmosphere in your home that people will grow. Your kids will grow. Three, take your kids and your wife to church every Sunday. Participate in the church. Maintain your family. Train your family in the way of the Lord in the local church. Eventually, your Christian family is going to be powerful and impacting society. Israel means your city. If you are a strong family, you will impact Seattle. You will impact your community, your society, your workplace. For me, I will impact my hospital, my workplace, my medical field. I will impact people around me because I have a strong family. Then my kids will go out and impact society as well. Amen? If the members of the family are right with God and with each other. Peace will be upon Israel. Peace will be upon the city. The prosperity of Jerusalem or on the community. America needs good churches. If we want to save this country from economic downturn, from this messy thing in America right now, the answer is not the government. The answer is the church. The answer is Christian family who commit themselves to God and they will impact the society for God. And the whole society will be changed. Amen? How can you live a long life if you don't have peace? When we talk about peace, somebody may think in this way, peace means just sit in the home and meditate and quiet and everything, just quiet, that means peace. No, peace is in the heart. And you can have emotional peace, physical peace, spiritual peace, financial peace, social peace and relational peace. I want peace with my wife. I want to have financial peace. I don't have to worry about writing the next check. I have more than enough to write the check. I have enough money. I want to have emotional peace that I don't need to take Prozac at night, depressed, cannot sleep, have to take Ambient to sleep because I'm so nervous and so worried about my life. That is not peace. Emotional peace. Physical peace. Not sick. No sickness. So you don't have to go to see doctor. If you are sick, you don't have physical peace. God promises that if we follow God and build the right family, peace will be in our house. And peace will go into the society as well. And peace going to be in the church in Zion as well. Pastor Dan and I, we were talking this morning on the way to here. We have been in this church for more than 20 years now. And we noticed that we haven't done any funeral ceremony for our members. I'm not talking about people who are dad and mom from outside. But our real member have not died in the past 20 years. No one 22 years, 23 years. No one get cancer in this house. No surgery. No operation. No heart attack. No arthritis. Why? Because physical peace is in the house. When we build the right kind of family in the house of God. Amen? If you want to fix downtown Seattle, you need to fix your family first. If you want to fix the community, you need to fix your family first. If you want to help the school board, you need to fix your family first. If you want to help the mayor of Seattle, city of Seattle, you need to turn around and fix your family first. Because if your family is strong, you're going to impact the society. Amen? It starts from walking with God and your relationship with God. And then out of relationship with God, you impact your church and impact the cities. Amen? Hallelujah. Let me ask this question. Are you saying with Joshua that I and my household will serve the Lord? Are you building the family that the next generation is better than you? Are your kids better than you? If your kids are not better than you, the world will go downhill. The world should get better after you die. Because you leave the kids that are stronger than you, more godly than you, have more faith than you. That should be your goal as dad and mom, husband and wife. You are preparing the next generation to be better than this generation. The world should always get better if we are godly parents and we depend on the Holy Spirit and follow the Word of God. Let me ask another question. When you die, will your kids remember that you raised them in the way and the fear of the Lord? Or when you die... They remember that their parents fought each other all the time, throwing iron to each other in the house. Or they remember that their dad cursed and used bad, foul language in the house all the time. Do they remember that their mom and their dad are unhappy people? Or they remember that dad and mom smile and laugh. Last night, Pastor Dan and I have a big laughter on the couch at around 11 p.m. I came home from the hospital and she began to tell me about the game of a bridal shower yesterday. Oh, I just laughed, laughed, laughed so loud in the house. She told me about how these people trick each other to say three words pet, bride, and wedding. And they trick each other. And the way they trick each other is so funny. Somebody wrote down these three words and say, I'm a foreigner, can you read this word for me? And somebody just don't think and read, and then they lose something. Oh, when I heard that, I just keep laughing and laughing. The house should be full of laughter. The house should be full of peace and joy. Your children should not see you when they grow up, fighting, yelling, hating each other all the time. Amen? And it starts from you. You need to be godly people. Amen? There is no governmental program, financial grant, or any worldly political policy that can fix what is broken in this society. If you want to fix what is broken in this society, we must start in our home. We need to build a godly home. We need to have the godly husband, godly wife, and godly children. Your family must be dynamic part to build the society. But you need to build them up. Amen? I want to conclude this teaching by giving this promise from God. Whenever you buy something expensive, the first question in your heart is, do they have a good warranty? You want to know whether the manufacturer stand behind the product or not. You want to know that if something wrong happened to the product, they will take care of it for you or you can return it to them. When I bought a car, I want to know how many miles they give me warranty. Do they stand for their words? They're going to say they do it or not. Families are God's products. He is the manufacturer. He is the one who built up the institution of marriage and family. And he say, I give you warranty. Psalm 128. The scripture that I read in this passage, uh, in this message that God gives the guarantee. If you bring your product, the family, back into the hand of God and let God help you, He gives you a warranty that you shall be blessed. He will bless the work of your hand. You shall live in prosperity. You shall be happy people. Your kids will grow up like an olive plant Producing oil and oil and oil to bless people for many years. Your wife will produce wine to get you intoxicated. You shall live a long life. Your kids will not die young. You shall not die young. You live until you see grandchildren and great-grandchildren. God promised long life and prosperity. If your family is built on the precept of God the manufacturer. He gives you a warranty. How many people want God give you the warranty of your family? Go back home. Read Psalm 128 one more time. And make sure you get this CD or MP3. And listen. The one from last Sunday is out already done. I finished it. It did. Done. So you can get from the last Sunday. Listen to it. Practice it. And you will build a godly home. The product that you... Have from God shall last for eternity and shall impact society. Amen? How many people say, after I listen to this sermon, I need to repent. I have not been a good husband that my wife can cling and climb and grow. I have not spent enough time with my wife. I have not spent enough time with my kids. I'm too busy. I don't train them. I don't nurture them enough. I repent already myself when I read this sermon. I repent and repent and I say, God, I need to change. I need to improve something in my life. If you can repent, God will help you. How many people say, I need to repent and change? After I listen to this sermon, raise your hand up. Say, I need to repent. Amen. I need to change. And if you can do that, God will help you. Amen. No one is perfect, but we can change. Hallelujah. Let's make a commitment to the Lord together. Amen. If you are single, do you expect one day to get married? Do You expect, huh? Okay. Do you expect to have godly family? Okay. So it applies to you too. This sermon applies to you. Let's pray with me. Follow my prayer. Father in heaven, I repent of my sin. I want to do what you say in the Bible. Lord, I will take you more seriously from now on. I will walk in the fear of the Lord. Walk in your way. Study your word. Have the intimate relationship with your Holy Spirit. So that I can know what I need to do. I will know the truth and because of the fear of the Lord in my heart, I will obey it. Oh Lord, help me to build a good atmosphere, the heavenly atmosphere in my home so that the family members will grow and become strong. Oh Lord, Help us to commit our life to the local church. And help us, Lord, to impact our society. We thank you, Lord. Give us the grace and the power to be able to do what you say. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'd like to pray again for the single in this church. Getting married is not going to buy a church that you can throw away. Once you marry it, you shoot it for life. So it's so important to get into the right relationship and marry the right people for you. Amen. So if you single in this room, I'd like to pray for you one more time that you will have a good family. If you're single and want to get married, stand up right now. We pray for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many people believe that God can provide you with a spouse? Amen. Pastor Da and I tell you the truth. We pray together all the time for the single in the church. We really want to see you have good family. Amen. Pastor Da always mentioned about the name of single in the church. When we pray for you and we love you, we want to see you blessed. Amen? Let's believe God together. Father, I believe, Lord, that you have the right man or the right woman for them. We ask the mercy from heaven to open the door at the right timing, at the right place for them to meet that person. And Lord, eventually, they will marry a godly person who fears the Lord. And they will have a godly family. I bless all the single in this house. Provision will come. As you feed the bird in the air, you can feed them. You can provide for them. You are Jehovah Jireh, God the provider. Give them, Lord, the right spouse for them. A person that have the same vision, the same faith, Walking in the same way, to build the kingdom of God. Bless them indeed, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give hand to the Lord. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. Do all gathered and your name, I live to